are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I love the book of Esther. I, I've read it so much in the last month in preparation for tonight. And we're trying to take every book and put a letter R behind it. And so in the very front of the book of Esther here, I have the word repose. I want to remember what every book is about. And I've used different words in the past, my other Bibles, but I'm trying the letter R. I must tell you, I've struggled with this R. There are so many, it's very obvious when you get to the book of Song of Solomon, it's romance. And it's not talking about a man and a woman necessarily speaking about relationship with Christ, using a man and a woman for that uh, personal relationship. And uh, there's just so many great uh, words that begin with R that tell us this is what this book is about. We've talked about ruin. We've talked about rebellion, uh, excuse me, removing Exodus. Leviticus is righteousness. Numbers is a roll book. It's just all the, the uh, genealogies of people and a taking of the roll. Uh, the word Deuteronomy, the fifth book, means the words, but we use the word remarks that are made, and he constantly is telling him various marks. Joshua, obvious, it's a region. I want you to go conquer these different regions and these areas, and God lays it out. Judges is rulers, and we saw the various rulers that came to pass. Ruth is very obviously Ruth, could have been redemption. And First um, and Second Samuel is the word reign. We saw the reign of the kings, and first and second kings is royalty, 19 kings of Israel, uh, northern kingdom, southern kingdom, and uh, there was a division of God's people. In the northern kingdom, 19, how many good kings in the kings of Israel? How many good ones of the 19? Zero. Judah had some good ones, had many bad ones, and yet God still works. And then we saw a review in First and Second Chronicles, and um, Ezra was the return. They were in captivity these many decades, and now they're returning back with Ezra. And then we find that uh, Nehemiah was to rebuild a wall, and now tonight repose. And I call it repose because it's hidden, it's quiet, it's it's unseen. And tonight in your life, it might just be right now you don't see the hand of God. I know a man that I'm dealing with who I think is very godly, very good man. He's not full of sin, but he doesn't know what God's doing in his life. And it's not that he's a bad person. It's not in here tonight, so don't be looking around. Uh, you know, some of you look at Brother Reamers and thinking it's him. No, it's not him, but, but it's in his vicinity. But no, no, the person's not even here, but he's a good man. And I know others that have been in this case and Please, they're not godless. Sometimes God is so silent to me. And I have to understand, is it because there's something in my life that's hinder relationship? Sometimes God just is quiet and he's working on our hearts to do something. And when God is silent to you, he hasn't left you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there all the time. But when God is silent, would you please 
be silent before God. It may be a week, it may be a month, it may be a year. There are sometimes, hey, don't act upon, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so, I've got to do something. No, you've got to, God's trying to slow you down. Trying to put you in a book of Esther repose, where post-captivity, now they're coming home. But God is going to deal, and everything turns wrong for the Jew. You'll find that word Jews, J-E-W-S, repeatedly, especially as you get to the end of the chapter of the book. But so many times, I have them all underlined, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. And God's dealing with the Jewish people. But his name is never mentioned. God's, God's name is never mentioned. Providence is never mentioned. God's direction is never mentioned. But you're going to see in this book, by the time you get to chapter 10, those last three verses, God has been working all the time. And when it doesn't seem like God's working, God is. Tonight, we, um, we come to this book of repose where God's word is not mentioned. And we see in chapters one through five, if you're going to look at just make this note before we get into chapter one. It's the crisis hour. It's the dark hour in Israel's history. And they still recognize this dark hour annually as a holiday in Israel. And then chapter six through 10, God is going to deliver his people. And it's very obvious as you read that the scripture is even in here. Book of Chronicles is mentioned that God's word is present and God's people are present and prayer is present and fasting. Esther called for a three-day fast. It's very obvious. It's spiritual, spiritual things. God, where are you? Hold on. He's going to come on through. The gallows that were meant for Mordecai, Haman's going to hang on the gallows and they still will celebrate it as they did last March in Israel. Next year, it's March 12th, I think it is, 2020. They've got the date on the calendar when they're going to celebrate this book of Esther. Every Jew will be required in the month of May, March to read aloud the book of Esther. The book is still alive. God is still working. And we get to chapter 1, and I, I'm very excited to get to that latter part, but I want you to see, uh, try to help us with the letter P uh, to help us remember things tonight. Chapter one is pride. Pride. And we know that Ahasuerus was the king. He had a wife by the name of Vashti. And notice the pride he wants to show in the third year of his reign, verse three, verse four, he wants to show his money off. When he showed the riches in his glorious kingdom, and the honor and the excellency of his majesty many days before, for even for a hundred uh, and fourscore days. I, I want you to see how much money I've got. I want you to see how important I am. And then it was party in this pride. And we're gonna have party together, verse five. When these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan the palace, both great and small, seven days. He had a seven day party. It was all about promoting himself. You'll see it in this chapter, chapter one. He had, a, he had abundance in verse six and seven, where there was gold and silver and pavement of red and blue and white and black and marble, and they had vessels of gold, and they had royal wine. Verse eight, and drinking. 
And verse 10 again, Mary with wine. Oh, what a time. They were at the party. And the Bible says they were actually drunken. And then he got this idea, also vastly, the queen made a feast to the women. She was whining and dining. And he said, okay, you see my money, you see my gold, you see my silver, you see my possessions, we're drinking my liquor, we're having a time, we're having a seven-day party. I want you to see my girl. Ah, she's a beauty. The Bible says she is fair to look upon. He said, bring her, bring her, bring, bring my queen here in his drunkenness. Bring his, his king was married with wine. He was out of control. But Vashti refused, verse 12. Hmm. Party's going good. And the king's wife says, no, I'm not coming. The men got together in this chapter. So what are we going to do? If she gets away with it, our wives are going to get away with it. <laughs> Smart guys. Verse 18, likewise, the ladies of the Persian media, media, uh, media shall say unto the king and the princess, which have heard the deed of the queen, thus shall there rise too much contempt and wrath. And he ostracized her, he expelled her. He removed her from the throne. The big, big pride and pleasure and party has now come to an end. And he's living alone in the palace because he's exiled the queen. Chapter one. Chapter two is not just pride, but chapter two is prominence. And you see a little girl is gonna become prominent. Her name was Esther. Notice if you will, verse number six, she was a captive who had been carried away with Jerusalem. She was a prisoner of war. And not only that, she was an orphan. Verse number seven, and he brought away Haddish, that is Esther, and his uncle's daughter, that she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took her for his own daughter. Relative, he raised her. You know, I think of some of the situations of and what registration is up well over last year. It's amazing. Just keep coming. This place could be filled with teenagers. But some will have huge wounds in their heart they bring. Some, this is the year that dad walked out. And I'm not just talking about heathen. I'm talking about Christian dads walked out. Or a, a, a Christian mother walked out. Our mother died or a father died. Or they moved to an area that they hate and they don't have their friends or they don't have the church like they used to have. Dad is on the point, whatever it is. Dad might be in jail this year. And here's this girl who's an orphan. She's a captive. She's a slave. She's a servant. But God says, Esther, I want to promote you. I want you to have some prominence. And the Bible says, the maiden pleased him. She obtained kindness of him. And he preferred her above all the maidens. Verse 11, Mordecai walked every day at the courts of the women, house to know how Esther did and what became of her. 
He can still continue to supervise, though an adult. Mothers and dads, your work is never over. You'll still be caring for the kids. I don't care how old they get, they're your children. We shared grandkids with Brother Sam Fanero. We were together this week. And it was such a pleasant experience. And the Goat House shared grandkids with the Fanaris. Their hearts are broken in their hearts. I saw Jeanette in the hallway tonight. My wife and I prayed for them because they got a little grandbaby. It's going in for open heart surgery. Our, our kids that grew up here, their little baby. They said, well, they're grown, they're on their own. It doesn't work that way, does it, grandparents? Okay, how old your kids are? They're your kids. And your heart aches, and here is, here is a, this man who became an adopted father to her, and he would walk by, how you doing? And he said this. He said, I want you to know that these Jews, uh, verse 14, he speaks 13 of the, think not thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. He said, you might become promoted to be queen, but you're not gonna escape, you're a Jew too. Don't ever forget that. And who knoweth, verse 14, whether they are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Again, God's providence is there, but we don't know what God's doing. But he said, though you're a slave, and though you're a bond person, and though you're an orphan, and though you're a captive, he said, I want you to know, sweet little Esther, that God may have brought you, and he didn't mention God's name, but you came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Verse 16, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fasty for me, she said, and neither eat nor drink these days or night, and I, my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. You had to be invited even as the king's wife into his presence. She said, I'm not gonna wait to get invited. My people are in bondage. I'm gonna go see the king, and if I perish, I perish. It's amazing chapters. You see how that Mordecai went his way and Esther did all that, according to all that Esther commanded him. We get to chapter number three. In chapter one is pride. In chapter two is prominence. In chapter three is the plot of Haman. Chapter three, I was going to have us read all of chapter three. I believe I'll have you Look at yourself, but chapter three is such a powerful because this man Haman, I guess verse one explains it. After these things did King Azaharis, Azaharis promote Haman. He promoted Haman. Now Haman has a big position. Verse number two, he saw that Mordecai was not bowing and giving him reverence. I'm frustrated with this Haman. I'm frustrated with this Mordecai Jew. Here I'm now a big shot. And he won't bow down. And the Bible says, verse 5, and when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. And Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. Don't you ever forget 
the Jews have always been hated people. Because God has chosen Israel and the Jews to take the gospel to the world, even in the tribulation. He will use the Jew to take the gospel. God established that. He said, if you bless Israel, I'll bless you. And if you curse Israel, God will curse you. You cannot curse Israel. You cannot raise your hand against Israel and get away with it. That's why we're headed for World War III. One day the war will not be between this king and this king. It will be between God and those that hate the Jews. They'll come from all directions. From Russia, Ezekiel 38 and 39, they'll come and, they'll come and invade. From the, from the east, they'll come from China, the Bible declares, and come in and invade. They'll come from the Mediterranean and invade. They'll come from the south, from Egypt, and they'll all come to the Valley of Megiddo. And there will be Armageddon, a world war fight. But they'll fight against God and they'll lose. They'll lose. And he had this plot. And he said, verse number 13, and the letters were sent by the post in the king's province to destroy, to kill, and to call, perish all Jews, both young and old, little children, women in that day. And they made a sign commandment. Because it's Mordecai, there was a plot. I find there's a plan in chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 14. There's a plan. Verse 14, we've read it already. Who knoweth that thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And the plan, Esther said, if I perish, I perish. There's a petition, chapter 5. You're doing well. Chapter 1, pride. Chapter 2, promise. Chapter 3, plot. Chapter 4, plan. Chapter 5, a petition. Notice a petition, verse 7. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request, request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleased the king to grant my petition and perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet. I shall prepare for them. I'll do tomorrow as the king has said. You know, Haman's fired up now. Brother Steve, I'm going to the top. And I tell you, I got these Jews, they're going to be slaughtered. I got this Mordecai out of the way. I'm underneath the king. I, I'm doing great. And now the queen is inviting me to a banquet. Oh, but he did not understand that God was going to be working that night. The God that's not mentioned. God said to the king, can't sleep, can you, big boy? So he flips over, can't sleep, can you? And he got up. Who gets up and reads First and Second Chronicles? Have you ever read the Chronicles? But God, in the background, it said, I want you to read the Chronicles. I want you to read about all this history. And look what the Bible says, chapter 6. And chapter 6 is protection. On that night could not the king sleep. And they commanded to bring the book of the records of the Chronicles, for they were read before the king. And he read the story about Mordecai, how that Mordecai had saved his life, and he never gave acknowledgement to Mordecai. When, when, when Mordecai found that someone was going to commit an assassination attempt on the king's life, he went and told Esther, and Esther told the king, and, and, but he never, never acknowledged Mordecai. That night he read the story, he said, oh, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't do what I should have done. 
chapter six, verse number six, chapter six, uh, chapter six is God's protection. In chapter six, verse six, so Haman came in and the king said to him, what shall be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart to whom the king would delight to do honor was myself. It's such a powerful, powerful book. He says, I think he's wanting to promote me more. This is awesome. This is great. Verse 12, verse 11, then took Haman the apparel and the horse because he said, I want to give all these nice things to this person. And he took it all. And verse 12, Mordecai came into the king's gate, but hastened, Haman hastened to his house mourning. He said, I want to take all these things. And Haman's there. I'm going to get this. He says, give it to Mordecai, the man he wanted to kill. What, what an amazing story. God's protection. You don't see, but God's behind orchestrating all this, putting all the pieces together. We get to chapter 7. I find punishment. Chapter 1 is pride, and chapter 2 is prominence, and chapter 3 is the plot, and chapter 4 is the plan, and chapter 5 is the petition, and chapter number 6 is the protection, and chapter 7 and verse 10 is the, the punishment. So they hanged Haman on the gallows, he prepared for Mordecai. And we get to chapter 8. And chapter 8 is providence. Look at verse 1. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther told what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spake again before the king and fell down in his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman. And verse 5, and he said, If it please the king, and have I found favor in thy sight, this seemed seem right before the king, and I pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters of Haman. Turn it. Turn it. God's providence at work. Now we're getting to the end of the story. I don't have time, but here's where I want to get. In chapter number 9 and 10, Purim, P-U-R-I-M. Purim is instituted. Purim is still celebrated in Israel today. What is the word Purim? Well, Pur, P-U-R, is a Persian word. In fact, they give you the definition twice in this book. Persian means lot. We'll look at it in just a moment. This is your lot in life we talk about. So when we use the word in the Persian language, per, P-U-R, it means this is your lot. I am, in the Jewish language, is plural. It's like our S. And so this is your lot's. This is what's going to happen to you. And I want you to see in chapter number 9, and we'll begin in verse 1. Now in the 12th month, that is Adar, in the 13th day of the same, when the king's commandment is decreed, drew near to be execution in the day of the enemies of the Jew and hoped the power over them, was turned to the contrary. 
that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. You see how God's doing this? Here, Haman was supposed to be in charge, and they were supposed to be killing, supposed to be killing the Jews, and God reversed that by his mighty hand of providence, and he said, we're going to just change this thing around. Instead of the Jews dying, the Jews are going to be in charge. Hold it. Let's stay with us. And the Jews gathered themselves together, and the rulers of the province of the Jews, in verse number three, for Mordecai was great in the king's house. He who was supposed to die at the gallows is now great. His fame went throughout the, uh, without the province. And, and for this man, Mordecai waxed greater and greater. And the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of a sword and slaughter and destruction. And in Shushan, the palace, the Jews slew and destroyed 500 men. Verse 13, and Esther said, if it pleased the king... Let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do tomorrow's according to the day's decree and let Haman's ten sons be hanged on the, on the gallows. Verse 20, and Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to the Jews that were all the province of King Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them that they should keep it the 14th day of the month of Adar yearly. Look at verse number 24. The Jews devised, when the enemies of the Jews had devised against the Jews to destroy them, had cast per, P-U-R, that is lot. This is your lot to consume, to destroy them. God took that wicked device against the Jews and returned it to their own head. Therefore, verse 26, shall they call these days Purim, after the name Pur. Therefore, all the words of this letter which thou hast seen concerning the matter which had come unto them. It's going to be appointed, verse number 27, every year that they should remember that the Jews were delivered. So, in Jerusalem to this day, in the month when they celebrate Pearl, and it's normally in March, they read the book of Esther, Secondly, every year, annually, they give money and they give gifts, two gifts minimum, to poor people in Israel. Every Jew is to celebrate at Purim, the deliverance of God's people, once a year. Every Jew is to take some type of gift, money, and give it to poor, at least two poor families around them. Thirdly, they're to send gifts of food at least to one person. So all over Israel, they still celebrate Purim. They're giving financial gifts to two. They're giving food gifts to at least one family. And it's a festive time. Purim has been taken by school kids in Israel to be much like our Halloween. They dress up in costumes. You can go online and get the information on Purim and find out. They dress up in costumes, and here's what they do. Here's what they do. At, they only give the gifts of gold, of, of money, and they give the food, and they celebrate the deliverance of the Jews, and they read the entire book of Esther, but they dress up in clown outfits and say, Haman, 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 and they make fun of Haman to this day. The one that thought he was going to be promoted, God is in the background, moving. 
and orchestrating everything. There was a man in 1950s. His name was Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin hated the Jews. And he was seeking and attempting to exterminate the Jews much like Hitler. It's an amazing thing. 1953, Stalin reached a crisis point in a slaughter of the Jews. And the day of Purim came. And the unseen hand of God said, I've had enough, Joseph Stalin. And on the day of Purim, he died. There was a man in the 1990s. I hate the Jews. And he wanted to exterminate the Jews. And his name was Saddam Hussein. The day that he was elevated to such a height, not only was he captured, but he died on Pearl. God is still in charge and in control. I don't care what the news media tells you. I sort of set the news media aside. I don't care what the economists say about the economy. I know people with Wall Street and on and on it goes. We get so absorbed with things that are out of our control, but they're in his control. Well, I'll never have a good marriage. Well, I'll never have a wife. Well, I'll never have a husband. Well, I'll never have a good job. Well, I'll never own a home. Well, I've got to move from here because God can't take care of me here. Well, you may not be able to see God, but God is always working in ways that we cannot see. For there is an unseen hand to me that leads in ways I cannot see. I'm holding to that unseen hand. Thank God for the unseen hand. We get to chapter 10. There's only three verses. We find that Mordecai is promoted. Mordecai, your promotion has come. Not the gallows. You've been promoted. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.